Welcome to Tuesdays with Andrea. It's the inspiration station for everyday people guiding humanity forward. I'm your host, Andrea Rios McMillan, and every week I pursue conversations that matter with people who can relate to the common struggles we all face. You'll get to know the person behind the profession and find commonality with people of all ages, cultures, and backgrounds. Listen as friends, neighbors, and coworkers offer meaningful, personal explorations of modern life and the values we hold dear, all for the purpose of strengthening and uplifting others. Do you feel like you lost it when you would get into a relationship? Would you lose that? Would you count on the husband to provide the value for you? And then maybe you lost it yourself. Is that what it was? There's, you know, certain things where it's like, hmm, where you're willing to compromise in certain areas. Like give me an example. Thinking about when I dated Warren, he was really, really wonderful to me. But you guys didn't like him. No, so that should be red, young. So that should be a red flag there, I, I guess. Like but he was he was really good to me. I liked him as a person. Don't get yeah. me wrong, he's a great person. But for me, he would have done anything for me. He yeah. just would have. But the whole thing of being a family person at that time, it just wasn't him at that time either. Yeah. But he really, really, really cared for me. I didn't want to walk away from because he was a, a kind, good person to me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to walk away from that, even though I legit knew this isn't going to work. And it was super, super hard to walk away. I really wanted things with him. I really thought, well, because remind you, I'm, I'm a determined person too. Yes. That's why Andy said, I'm going to have to move out of the state. So I think if I really set my mind to it and the thing that stopped me from that was my faith, I would always go back to the word. I'd always go back to the Bible. And I always had that personal time with me and God just me and God, like, okay, Lord, you have to talk to me because I need you. And I would look in the Bible and there'd be scripture verses that would like promises that would stand out and that would help me through. But then how would their saying, my son deserves better than you resonate internally with you? So part of me was like, I can make it work. But then that God part of me was like, no, he's not the one for you. And I remember actually having a dream where I'm fighting with God for this relationship where I have these little boxing gloves on and I'm facing God and I'm like, I'm going to fight you for this. And God literally just picked me up and said, honey, not this way, this way. I'm not your enemy. I'm for you. I mean, he literally had to pick me up and turn me around and say, you don't, you don't have to fight me because I'm always for you. Because you wanted to keep that relationship. I wanted to keep that relationship. And he said, no, this is not yours. This is not yours. Like, you have to trust me on this is not yours. And it finally got to that point. Otherwise, if it wasn't for that, I think I would have made it work. Mm -hmm. I really, I really do. If it wasn't for that God part of me saying, no, no, he's not yours. That's a progression. Because in your other two relationships, like my dad had to get kicked out of Illinois. Andy left voluntarily. Right. Because he knew. Mm -hmm. And in this one, this was where like, you know what, Delia, this ain't for you. And it's true. And he's like, no, it's not. It's basically those baby steps of understanding what's yours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget that. It's like there's for me in that part, I learned my value because God was trying to give me that understanding. Like 
I had gone to Kosovo. Remember, you wanted to go to Kosovo. And it turned out that I won instead. And at that time... This was for church. There was this one missions group going to Kosovo, and I did want to go, and you went... And you had a great time, right? It was the hardest trip I've ever taken in my life because this is right after the war. So you see mass graves everywhere. There's, um, you know, it's just people would put pictures of people's that like missing people on their houses in case you saw that person. You would know that that was their child or loved one or whatever. So, I mean, that was a, I'd never experienced anything like Kosovo before. So it was a challenge there. Is this your first time international? No. I had already gone to Ecuador a couple times. It was the hardest for me because I felt powerless. You know, here I am. When you're an overcomer and you're overcoming all these other obstacles, and mind you, I want to jump back for a minute because, as you mentioned earlier, Kosovo was not the first short-term mission I'd taken. We'd gone to Ecuador and in Ecuador, we had gone, and there was a garbage dump there. And we remember we went to the garbage dump, and I'll never, ever forget meeting a woman in there. And um, this woman, and mind you, in the garbage dump, people eat, sleep, live in, in the garbage dump. That's their whole life. And sometimes when their children are born, they wouldn't name them for two years because they were afraid that they would die and they didn't want to get attached. But that's their whole life. And they would actually scrounge through the garbage and they would give it to the dump king and that's how they would make money. Mm-hmm. And that's how they lived. When we went there, I'll never forget there was a woman who had looked at me and said, I'm sure you think I'm a horrible mother because I have my children here in the dump with me. But I want you to know that I have only a few things. I can either teach my kid to steal, or I can teach my kids how to beg, or I can teach them how to work. And here, I can teach my children how to work. And it just blew me away to find dignity in a dump. Because you want to teach, again, what are you teaching your children? She wanted them to learn how to live, how, how to work for a living mm-hmm. instead of begging or stealing. And that was like profound to me. Yeah. That was the time when you guys had left all your clothes there for everyone. Oh my goodness. Cause you're like, oh mom, you know, we gave all our clothes away because we can always get more. I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, you're going to have to help me on this one again. But you really did. You're like, oh my gosh, like, no, no. you know, we can always get more clothes. But they don't have any. Yeah. And you guys left all your clothes there. Mm. And I, I, you know, to this day, I don't even remember how God supplied when we got back, but he did. Yeah. Were you mad? No, because how could you be mad? Yeah. I mean, seriously, how could you even be mad? It's just like, that's when you just go into full-blown prayer mode. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Lord, Lord, you're going to have to help a sister out. (laughs) (laughs) Now we can jump forward to Kosovo. And that's where I felt powerless. And we went there just to take care of them and share what we could. But I'll never forget when my friend Kathy and I had, they had found out there was going to be a doctor in the building and they had not had a doctor in so long. And so her and I had both carried this older woman. I mean, really carried her. 
you know, she took one arm and leg and I took the other arm and leg. And we literally carried her up like four or five flights of stairs to get to see the doctor. And we got up there and he's like, well, eh, she has emphysema. She's going to die. Just like that. Nothing I can do for her. Yeah, she's going to go. Just tell her to go home. She's going to die. And it just broke me. It just, I don't know why it did, but it just broke me. We took her back and I went downstairs and I went into our van and I just cried my eyeballs out and said, Lord, why am I here? Why am I here? I have no, I have no money. I have no position of power. I'm just a barber. Why did you bring me out here? Why? I said, what am I supposed to do? And I was just in tears and he said, just love them. Just love them. And that's what I did. So when you came back, how did it change the way you saw things? Well, let's go. I'm going to stay there for another second, though. Let me stay back to where when you're surrounded by all this ugly, I'm going to call it ugly, because there was so much divisiveness because it was a Serbs and the Albanians fighting. And there was such and there's there was this one. It was not the people who are ugly. No, the the people are not ugly. It's the war. And it's the destruction around. The destruction, the devastation, the devastation, the mass graves, you know, the sadness, the poverty. Mm-hmm. And the ugly part was you have such poverty when we had, there was a, a mine that we went to. They said, anybody want to go on a, like a field trip? And I'm like, my arm was up really quick because if you just want to get away from the heaviness, there was such a heaviness there that I almost felt like you could almost feel the heaviness. And I just wanted, I needed to breathe. So it's like, I'm, I'm ready to go. So we went to a mine and it was a Trepsher mine. And this mine had a lot of gold, cobalt, crystal, and just all kinds of different things of great value and wealth. And here you see people that are dying from starvation, from the war, from all this ugly. And you have this mine that has so much, but they couldn't mine it because they were too busy fighting. It's insane. So here we go down. And I put all my little equipment on and we're going down. It's almost like seven football fields straight down. It had been closed up for like almost, almost 10 years. And so one mining engineer who took us down, gave us a little tour of it. And I had my gear on and we're going seven football feet. And I remember just walking. He says, now be careful because it's so dark and we haven't mined it and it's pretty dangerous and sometimes there can be a place where it'll collapse and you can fall and we'll never find you again. And I remember I'm thinking I'm right behind the mining engineer, like right behind him. And I'm thinking I'm so confident. I have zero fear because he knows the way and I'm right behind him. I thought, you know what, God, I want to walk this confidently with you in the dark places. And I'm walking, and as I'm walking, all of a sudden, I see, you know, people picking up these little rocks, and they're putting them in their pocket because they have, you know, you never know what kind of value are in there. And I was going to do that, too. I'm ready to grab some, and, and I hear that still small voice says, drop it. I'm like, I can hear that still small voice say, that's stealing. And I'm just like, well, everybody else is doing rocks. it. Hello. <laughs> Why are you picking on me? Yeah. Hello. And the Lord said, no. He says, that's stealing. 
I'm just like, but I'm never going to be in Trepsha again. I'll never come back. You know, that's how we do that. And he says, Dahlia. So I kept walking. And we get to the very end, and I see this big wall. And in this wall, I see this hole there, and it looks really cool and beautiful because you can see that obviously there's a lot of valuable stuff in there because they've been mining it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. And I asked him, how do you know? Like, I know there's fool's gold and I know there's real gold. How do you know what's really good and what's not? And he explained the whole process. You know, we draw it out of the mountain. We put in these big carts and we take it down to where the fire is. And then the fire will test up what's of value will come to the top. And, and I'm like, huh. I said, wow, God, that's what you do. You draw people out of the mountain and you help them. You put them under through the trial. pressure. Yeah. And their real value comes up. It's a pressure it's like, test. Wow. Yeah. I'm like, wow. And he says to me, yes, that's what I do. He goes, and I fully equipped you because I had all my equipment. He goes, see, I fully equipped you to remind others that they are not part of the mountain. See, we think we're part of the dirt, muck, and mire, but he draws us out to away from that dirt, muck, and mire to remind us what value we really have. And that goes through the times of the hardship and the pressure and the trials. Mm -hmm. And then you really see the value that you really have. Mm -hmm. And that was profound to learn in Trepsha. That was powerful. So after that, I'm like, wow, that's so cool. And then the mining engineer, he looks down on the ground and he picks up this rock. And he goes, wow, this is a really beautiful piece. Hmm. Because he, he knows the value. Yes. And he hands it to me. And I'm look, I'm like, and I hear that small voice say, yes, because he's giving it to you. And then that was in the relationship that I was in with Warren that I did not want to give up. I mm. did not want to go. And the Lord said, see, Delia, he knows what's valuable. And I know what's valuable for you. In that moment, you realized that he was talking about my relationship, too. Yeah. He says, and that this wasn't for you. Right? Drop it. Mm -hmm. Drop and it. And then somebody else says, wow, this is like really good stuff. And he just puts it in your hand. And he gave it to me. He said, if you'll let me, if you trust me. That's what the guy said? No. Oh, that's still small voice. Oh, it's like, wow. No, he just gave it to me. He's like, here you go. I'm like, cool. Like, wow. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. So after that, were you like, okay, I know what I got to do here. I know exactly. Yeah. Did you have clarity? Yeah, of course. And then yeah. that was the vision. That was basically, yeah, this like, isn't mine. This isn't mine. There's something else. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to wait till something else comes to my hand. Maybe. I have to trust. And then he would take me back to the word and he would give me other, like, it was so cool. He would give me, I'll never forget one of the scriptures he would give me was, um, look, I'm bringing back your children from the North, South and the East and the West. I remember you telling us that. What was that all about? I know. It's so crazy. Like, right? mom, you have two kids and, and that, we are right here. Exactly. And I'm like, that's so weird. And I would East say, side. <laughs> and I remember thinking, what are you talking about? Lord, I have no sons. You know, like, oh my gosh, what are you talking about? You know? And he said, I'm bringing from North, South, East, West. Like, okay, whatever. Okay. And then he would give me another one, which was others have died so you can live. Though you walk through this, you know, it's like, Delia, like, this is how serious it is. You know, this is how serious I need you to listen to me. Explain that Bible verse. Because that's from the Bible. Yeah. And 
explain that because that sounds really harsh, right? Others have died, so you may live. I mean, I didn't even, I couldn't even grasp it myself. What does that mean? Like, I didn't, see, I didn't understand that either. He gave that to me. I'm like, okay. And those are some of the things, sometimes God gives you things and you have no clue. So sometimes he'll put things in you and you have no understanding at all until the right time. And the right time was when I married Jason. And then I got a really good understanding of what that really meant. Mm -hmm. Cause I had no clue. 